So, welcome to another episode of Inland Dinkar. Yes, and welcome Nicholas. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, we are with Nicholas today. Um, he is originally from Glasgow, Scotland, moved to Iceland almost four years ago, and is one of the founders of Naugranar, which you may or may not have heard of. Mm-hmm. Hello. Hello. Hopefully you have heard of Naugranar. Yeah. Uh, yeah so. Do you mind telling us like one, maybe your elevator pitch on Naugranar, or like a one sentence on what Naugrana does. Because we're going to come back to it. Yeah, yes. yeah that's all right. Mm-hmm. Just to get everyone excited about I it. I think like with Naugrana, it's just about bringing like affordable, fast and innovative food delivery to Iceland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, yeah. And God, you did that one. God, oh, knows we, God knows we need it. That has been yeah. one thing that, I, you know, when you come from a place like I came from the UK, like yeah, you, yeah. like... It's shocking when you come back, come to Iceland and you're like, wow, there's literally zero options. Exactly, or, yeah. I think we'll probably get into it today, we'll but there's like it. these so many things, like when you're from a foreign background, you see all these kind of things and like, oh, this could be needed and this could be needed, but it doesn't seem logical for mm-hmm. an Iceland, but yeah. mm-hmm. we'll get to that today. Yes, we will. And before we do, um, I would love to kind of just find out a little bit about sort of your background and where you've come from and what your childhood was like. So can you... Yeah start at the very beginning (laughs) so i'm from glasgow and i think some people have like this idea of glasgow as this really harsh kind of like city and whatnot and it is kind of like that but it's very vibrant it's it's like a super friendly city so i was born in glasgow and i'm from a background of my mum is just a single mother she's raised me and my brother and there's a two-year gap between us too so it's always really nice to have that kind of like like best friend kind of like growing up and used to can like do much or do everything together in that kind of sense so I'm very lucky to have a really nice childhood growing up and whatnot and like we came from a really nice area and whatnot my mum did everything she could to like support me and my brother to like have the best kind of life for us so that's pretty much the childhood and like and are you still really close with everyone yeah exactly it's kind of like when I left, it was really hard to leave because, like, we have such a connection. It's just always been the three of us. And then for me to go on my next, like, kind of, like, journey, it was kind of really sad yeah. <laughs> yeah. to, like, leave my mum and, like, my brother and stuff. So, but, yeah, so it was, it was going on to the new chapter and whatnot. And I think within, like, my background in Glasgow, I kind of, like, went on. And before I left, I started another company before I started this company. And then I was just really coming to Iceland. I wanted to jump into that kind of like next mm-hmm. chapter and stuff so um, yeah so kind of a serial entrepreneur yeah. kind of I, vibe yes. yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll get back to that in yeah. a couple of years and stuff so it's like yeah. so like total like imposter syndrome like totally kicks in and you're like oh we'll get into yeah, that exactly, oh that sounds juicy yeah. to me the imposter <laughs> totally syndrome, yes. stuff. and like on the outside it's like oh yeah serial entrepreneur and stuff yeah. but to me it's like no 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 not yet not yet not yet <laughs> maybe can we rewind a little bit and mm-hmm. like when you were a kid, did you, mm. yeah, were you like constantly coming with ideas or like creative yeah, or like, like what kind of kid were you? Like, like I always wanted to be that kid who was like the kind of engineer kid or like the tech kid or like, you know, the, or like the arts kid and stuff. But like, I never had those skills, which <laughs> was sad because I was like, it's just, I never had those talents, but I had something. I was always kind of like creative in that kind of moment. And I think it really helped also being a dyslexic as well. So oh. it's like that point that it's like, you always kind of see things differently than it actually, mm. or how other people see it. Oh, I, don't yeah. know. I can only comment from myself and dyslexic mm. people here. Yeah. So, but like that kind of way, I always like, I never got things done, like, or never got things done the first time. Whereas right. like, for example, like saying you're in school and you're sitting a test, mm-hmm. 
all the other kids would pass first time and then you're like, oh, great. But then you're like, oh, Nicholas, you know, you need to like reset this test again. Yeah. And you're just kind of always like, oh, this is just not happening for me. And you always feel so behind and stuff. And I think that kind of mentality has just been built into me of like resilience. Yeah. And I think yeah. my mum as well, like being a single mother and stuff and just, you know, doing everything she possibly can and showing us resilience and just keep, you know, like if you don't get it the first time, you just keep working and keep working and keep working. And I think well, being a dyslexic, you definitely have that of like, you just can't give up. Cause like if you give up, then it's a bit of a sad, yeah, you've, kind of you really you're going to go down. Do you mean? And like, well, and I think that's like, yeah. I mean, resilience when you're an entrepreneur is probably the Big, most important yeah, thing. So it's, yeah. I feel like it's when you grow up with something like that, it's mm-hmm. just, you know, it shapes you. Oh, totally. So yeah, yeah. It's like you totally need that because you're going to get amount of no's or like horrible comments or like because even like especially in Scotland and stuff there's a very like kind of like negative aura around like success I guess and it's like oh if you're like succeeding nobody kind of likes you to succeed Mm. they'll support you but it's Mm. like oh are you now better than us Mm. kind of mentality it's kind of like people like just watching for you to fail kind of thing. Yeah, kind of thing. And yeah. it's like that kind of fact of like having that is like a really catch-22 situation you're in because you, if you are an entrepreneur and you come from that background, you have to keep going and keep going and keep going. But then there's this environment that doesn't want you to succeed. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, like, of course, there's plenty of people that have been super successful and super loved in Scotland and whatnot. And they've went on to do amazing things across the world and in Scotland. But like, I think being outside of that bubble in Iceland mm-hmm. has really helped me like grow a lot more than I think yeah. being in that bubble in Scotland mm-hmm. but we'll get into that yeah and can you tell us a little bit more about sort of the culture in Glasgow and Scotland generally aside yeah. from what you just said like how would you describe your city and Scotland to someone who's never been there I think like Scotland is one of probably the most beautiful countries there is in the world that's just a biased point of view <laughs> but like yeah it's just it's like Glasgow is just such a friendly city and like for example like if I'm getting on the Strato here and stuff you could just stand at a bus stop and like nobody will say anything for the whole duration of the time or if you end up like before Covid you sit beside someone on the bus and no one will say anything here mm. <laughs> but like if you're standing at a bus stop in Glasgow there's a good chance before that bus comes you already know someone's whole entire life yeah. history yeah. <laughs> and like you're already friends and that kind of thing and just mm-hmm. people are super friendly and like welcoming and stuff and I, I miss that factor of Scotland of like just like everybody's welcome it's like no matter where you're from in the world and if you want to like study in Scotland or you want to like live in Scotland you are Scottish Mm. in that kind of sense so it's like the community is just all about like bringing people in and sucking them in and like just being a part of like the community in one of us Mm. and like Scotland does have its like bad points and stuff but that's just like my own personal uh, opinion regards to like the whole UK situation and whatnot but other than that Scotland is probably one of the most beautiful places there is i heard that glasgow is like because i went to university in edinburgh yeah and everyone was like yeah glasgow is like the friendly version of edinburgh like everyone is super friendly and like what you were saying just now about like you know the community being really strong and people welcoming like people Mm. in i saw in the news kind of recently it was to do with like I don't know the details, maybe you know better than me, but they were like trying to de- deport some refugees. Yeah. And they and the people of Glasgow made a, a literal human shield well. around the people. They were like, you will not take, you will not deport these people. Yeah. I just thought that was like the most 
like moving. beautiful and moving thing mm-hmm. and like I wasn't surprised to hear that it was in Glasgow. Well, you no, know, exactly. Like those kind of like, I'm not saying to people who live in Edinburgh that wouldn't happen there, probably no. would. But like, definitely like, it just, things happen like that so quickly. It spreads like wildfire in Glasgow. It's like, if there's like a hint of like something being done that's unjust, especially in Scotland, they're all about justice and that and kind of standing up to like, you know, a bigger cause and stuff. Mm. And like those people, yes, they might be refugees for like whatever circumstances they're mm. in, but like, they are just people at the end of the day, they're human beings and stuff. And you're just this horrible entity that is like the home office and stuff coming oh. to rip these people <laughs> out of their homes and stuff. Yeah. And it, they just want, and when people like, I think refugees get a, like a horrible reputation and stuff, it's like, oh, well, why are you still in our jobs and this and that? But like, mm-hmm. most people leave their country because they're not safe or exactly. it's a war zone exactly. country or all these points it's not for fun no, no exactly they and don't it, necessarily want to be there in no, your exactly. country it's like, it's it's like, I'm pretty it's sure like, they'd be happy in their yeah, own country exactly. if they could stay there safely yeah. and it's like that in Glasgow I think I don't know exact details but it wasn't like a horrible like thing they'd done or whatever it's just the home office were ripping them out because they were technically going to be deported mm-hmm. and then the people of Glasgow around the neighbours were like, nope. you're not taking <laughs> these people, There's, they've done nothing wrong, we see them going to the shops, we see mm-hmm. them going to wherever, like you're not taking these people away and stuff and I think it was for three or four hours they just sat down in front of like the the police van that came and raided this home and they were like there for three or four hours and they just, that was it, they weren't moving and I think it was like 1,500 people wow. just turned up and like... And the police backed off. Yeah, the police backed off because, like, you're not going to do exactly what are you going to do? There's 1,500 Glaswegian people from all over the world, (laughs) like, surrounding this van. You're not going to take these people. No. So, yeah. Yeah, I thought that that was was awesome. That was a really good story. Mm -hmm. I mean, it says a lot about, you know, Glasgow and and the people that are living there. Uh huh, yes. It's totally woven into the fabric of Glasgow. People who are from Glasgow, just like even they spend like six months studying there or like they live there for like whatever and then they leave. Like I think Glasgow always carries with them wherever they go Mm. and that kind of stuff. I want to go now. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so, I want to be Glaswegian. <laughs> Can I be? <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, maybe now, do you mind telling us a little bit about um, you know, after you graduated from high school, was it high school? Did you so go to high gra- school? I graduated from high school and stuff. And like, that's the weird, like, weird thing. It's like, we just call it like leaving high school and stuff. Because yeah. like, of course, she was in America. We're like, Graduation. Oh, we're, <laughs> we're leaving. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> but like, we don't so do extra. that. Exactly. It's oh just like, God. cool, right? Yeah, See you guys later. <laughs> Bye. Thanks. Okay. We've, so got our, like, <laughs> we've got our qualifications to leave or whatever. And that's it. And it's like, so I left high school with, like okay grades but they weren't great I think that was also back to the whole dyslexic thing of like not boast them on Trump but I guess I'm a little bit intelligent or whatever but like I just couldn't meet the academic standards yeah. that were set and whatnot so like I didn't really know what to do but then I was like I do want to go into ac- more into like the academic field so I went to studying college first mm-hmm. and I was kind of knew I wanted to go into business and all that kind of stuff it was just total obsession of mine I guess mm-hmm. and then so I went to college for two years and then I got the grades to go to uni mm-hmm. and I applied for like two unis so it's like Caledonia Uni and the University of Strathclyde mm-hmm. and where are they they're, they're in, both in Glasgow in, like Glasgow. in the city centre and Strathclyde was like the better of the unis and stuff so I was like oh I really want to go there and prove I think it had something to prove mm-hmm. of being a dyslexic and be like oh you can get to one of the top universities and like, and the year I went, it was like the UK top university for entrepreneurship. So I was oh, like, 
you know, cool. I've clearly done something to get there. Mm. And, but I wanted Caledonia because I could have slotted into year three and I would only had two years to finish okay. and stuff, but ended up getting accepted for Strathclyde. I mm. couldn't reject that one. So I was like, oh, well, I'm in this boat now. Mm. So I went to Strathclyde and then I only spent like a year and a half there because I loved it and whatnot. And I, you know, I kind of had problems with university life because like being a dyslexic again mm. of like, them wanting you to check or tick certain mm-hmm. boxes and you can't quite fill that. So then there was a an award that's in the UK for like entrepreneurs called the Princess Trust Award. Mm-hmm. And before, or to go backwards, when I was in college, I started my own business. Mm-hmm. So that was for like for like, you know, creating t-shirts and sweatshirts and backpacks. Like, so we made all of our t-shirts and backpacks from renewable air. Uh, recyclable products okay so basically i started that and it was called strip llama mm-hmm. but then i renamed it sl okay. and this was when you were like 16 or something it was like 18 18 at that point yeah. yeah what was like so, the motivation behind it i think i just always loved kind of fashion in that kind of sense and whatnot and, but i always wanted fashion that's like versatile so you could wear it like to like if you know you're going out with your friends but you could also just wear it chilling and like those kind of like mm-hmm. different things instead of like certain pieces for certain things mm-hmm. so you don't have to buy yeah. like a, a exactly. thing for every occasion totally and okay. i think that was a kind of thing of like also just doing your part by like you know watching what you buy and stuff instead of having just like fash fashion like closet mm-hmm. filled and then you throw out next year yeah. so i put all my time and effort into creating that and then my mum was definitely not happy when I was like, hey, like, I'm going to be leaving university. And she's like, what the, like, you've yeah. just, like, spent... Which worked for yeah, you. exactly. Like, you're not leaving, Nicholas. Yeah. And I was like, unfortunately, I am. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So... Okay, but, like, were you were you enjoying university? Yeah. Was it, loved, it was just, like, you can see a different opportunity. Yeah. Like, I the loved thing. the social aspect. And yeah. I loved, like, the academic parts. And, like, I was even going to classes that were not mine just really yeah no. so it's like cool. that is key yeah and i haven't heard that one no yeah that's a little <laughs> bit a first, of a weird actually. one yeah, yeah so like a... but like, i started off that i'm not gonna like sit here and it was like just me but like yeah. the first class was like i was a little bit anxious and stuff and i didn't it took a while to make friends and stuff and then i made those friends and then they were going to finance classes that i never took because mm-hmm. i don't like finance mm-hmm. and then I ended up liking the finance classes because I was like going with them and then they dropped out of those classes but I was still going to the class that wasn't even my class to go to and then it just kind of spiraled from there. You were just genuinely curious. Yeah I was just curious and stuff and I think that point it was just going into like I think one of the subjects was like going into like trading and stuff and like shareholding and all that kind of stuff so I was like this is totally my on my street and then yeah and then I loved it but then the recommend or the requirement to potentially achieve the award for the Prince's Trust was you couldn't be in education. Okay, okay so that's, it's like that's it's weird. a really like a thing of like, and you also, you I think the award stops when you're like twenty two, twenty one, something like that. Interesting. So basically, by the time when I would have left university, I couldn't apply for that, mm-hmm. and I wasn't obviously in a position that I could go to my mum and be like, hey, mum, I need like £10,000 to start this business. Do you want to like give it to me? (laughs) So, but the award was like, I think it was like £12,000 and stuff. And I was like, oh, well, I really need that money to like start this business. And basically I just dropped out of uni to like pursue this uh, award 
and there's like thousands of people that go for this award every year and stuff so there's no guarantee that I would have actually achieved oh, this stuff but like I just knew like I had to go for it and like I'll put everything in and, and this total resilient part of like yeah. I have no other choice well I did have a choice but in my head I didn't yeah. have another choice you taken away <laughs> your plan B you were like totally that was yeah. gone and plan C and D and everything yeah. that was just focus on plan A and I put all my time and effort into it and stuff and then as the time kind of came you're sitting down with these other businesses that are like, oh, wow, these people are really talented. and like, Or they've left university or like maybe they've went a different route, but they have good qualifications behind them. And I'm like, I'm not going to get this award. And like, it's you know not going to work out. And then I had to put like together like a prototype of the products and like a business plan and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then I presented it to the panel and whatnot. And then I went away for three weeks and my mom was like, you need to find a real job. Like, <laughs> this, like <laughs> this is not working out. Like, how are you going to pay your like, bills and stuff? And I'm not going to support you forever. Even though I was like, she was like, maybe I think I was really lucky. Like she was paying like a phone bill or something like that. And I was like, I'll pay you next month kind of thing. Oh, and whatnot. <laughs> so I'm really thankful. So if your mom is listening, thank you for paying that. <laughs> um, but like, so it was kind of like, and I was like really getting like into this point of like, just obsession there in my head of like this can't fail mm. but then the last couple of days it was like this total shift of like I've totally messed up I'm not going to get this award on money I've just left university like how to explain it to them like hey can I come back or something <laughs> like that so and then ended up we were meant to know on like the Monday or something like that, and I never got told and oh. then I was like oh no I've not known but then it came late on the Tuesday and it was like oh Nicholas you've got like the award and the money and I was like no wow. way and mum's wow. like you better not go spend that on like all this <laughs> kind of stuff I was like no 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 that's but, amazing yeah, yeah so I like wow I was yeah so that is I a just, story of resilience mm-hmm. like I think it's so super interesting that you like you say that like education never came easily to you so you like learned from really early on that like you have to push and push and oh, push, totally, and push yeah. even if it doesn't feel mm-hmm. good yeah and I think I also totally learned that from my mum as well of just yeah. like pushing and like never give up because like you know there is no other option to mm. be honest like when your back's up totally against the wall it's like you just have to keep pushing forward mm-hmm. and not you're already getting pushed back anyway so may as well don't go <laughs> forward so and then I got that money and then I just started the company and we kind of like thinking but like clothing industry in the UK is so saturated as well and you're up against so many big brands or people with huge capital behind them and stuff so it was never easy and like it went well and like going forward and stuff and like sold this and that and got the next units etc and moving forward and then like it got to a point that like that money eventually ran out and you're like gosh what did I do now kind of stuff and then like you have to think on your feet and just keep adapting and moving in different directions and whatnot and then kind of that by that point I think yeah it was like and then after I left university it was maybe like a year and a half two years down the road and it was going decently well and stuff and approaching stores and stuff to get into them and people buying it friends family at first and then random people from the internet and you're like this bag's going to like Portugal like wow, how did you like, yeah. find that and stuff <laughs> um and then that was it and then by that point I met my partner and after that so we basically met on like a dating app and stuff so she was over in a dating app yeah, and stuff a dating app and stuff yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. not going to name no. the, 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 the app but we all know which yeah. one it is <laughs> so um and she was doing the Icelandic thing of I think she was coming over for like Christmas shopping and all that kind of stuff Class- yeah exactly yeah. people yeah. do yeah and yeah and then like I was like oh wow like she's just 
so beautiful and like whatnot. And I was like, oh, I need to like super like her. And, like, and, then, and then like, and then like, I didn't hear back from her for a while. I was like, oh, this is, that's a lost cause. So you showed some more resilience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then, <laughs> yeah, then all of a sudden, like she got back to me and stuff. And I was like, yes, like, <laughs> here we go. So, and then for that point, we just like, really gelled and like we spoke for six months and then we both decided like hey or I think she said like this has to like something has to happen or this is just a total waste of our time yeah. and we d both decided to like fly to London for the weekend to meet and we found a nice little Airbnb in Notting Hill and like spent the weekend together and then yeah that is so wholesome yeah, oh yes. my gosh so, so did you did you recruit her to your business basically yeah, yeah. for like two businesses she's like she's been a model for like yeah. the first brand she's helped me with that and like she's helped oh me gosh. with Nagara so like so did you thankful. were you um like was this like a 24 7 kind of deal for you the first strip llama this business yeah like, were that you, was like, like and were you working alone or did you have so a team? it was just me just and stuff you? and then I would kind of was like recruiting like another co-founder but like he ended up going to like to California and stuff to do his thing and then it just kind of fell apart and then like at that point, I was like, you can only get so far with approaching stores and selling them in the stores and then, like, they don't sell or, like, on websites and stuff and then reaching out to influencers and stuff. But then it's, like, that awkward stage when you need to, like, scale up. Yeah. But you don't have no extra capital to do it. Yeah. So at that point, kind of, like, SL just, like, took a backseat and mm -hmm. it still is a backseat now and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's never, like gone away is just like in the background it's still there and people ask me like oh you like doing new things and stuff but like it's just not yet yeah, yeah. but like we'll totally go back to that at one point but like mm -hmm. do you still have like stock on sale like as in like are you still selling so yeah yeah so you stuff are. is still there and then like we're just rebranding with the whole sl stuff now yeah. and like kind of trying to make a further push into like goods that are made from recyclable products and stuff and I don't want to like lose that especially now the kind of like mm. era we're in and stuff is like a lot it's of really people important. are moving away from fast fashion and stuff mm -hmm. and they want stuff that's like going to last them a while and whatnot. Exactly. I feel like so. you were a bit ahead of that trend. Yeah. I don't know I maybe so. it's I think I think like yeah like before I did that like when I was telling people I was like oh this is like made out of like like recycled PVC and recycled goods and all that kind of stuff and I that's a little bit weird. I'd rather have yeah. I'd rather have like that Nike backpack yeah. thing yeah. there. I'm like, okay, cool, but that's not the point. No, the yeah. point is like, and then people now it's like I do see people who are like kind of judged that fact of like, oh, why can I go down this route? And now they're like buying yeah, exactly. products from these big brands now that are like pushing in that direction. I'm yeah. like, mm -hmm. well, I told you so. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so you. Met your Icelandic princess. Yes, <laughs> What is her name? <laughs> She's called Tinna. Tinna, okay. Yeah. So then you were, did she move? I mean, of course you're in Iceland now. Yeah. We're sitting in Iceland. So mm -hmm. of course you made it here somehow. But did you end up moving to Iceland after? So that? like, I can't remember exactly the timeline. But basically, so after we met in London, we basically were like, okay, we're in too deep now. We really care a lot about each other. Like, so we need to make this work. So every month, thankfully, like Huawei was still a thing so it was like you could fly affordably um to Iceland so every kind of like second month I would travel and she would do the same so like she would come and visit me in Glasgow I would come and visit her here in Iceland I was just back and forth until I kind of like made the move but like before I made the move or she was going to move first for uni okay. but then that just kind of never materialized because like more I came here, I was like, oh, I really love this place. There's something about this. You got caught. Oh, I got, you got caught trapped. and stuff. And like, <laughs> even with, like, in point, like, from, like, October, I think, to, like, December. And, like, 
the scenery in Iceland and Reykjavik just changes and stuff. And like when you catch the light on like Ejan and stuff mm-hmm. and like just the purple blue skies, it's like, oh wow, I really love this it's place. It's total magic. Mm-hmm. And then I was kind of like, okay, maybe like, you know, I should maybe like try it out here. Because I guess like at the end of the day, when I was still working on SL, I had nothing to lose. It's all online. Mm-hmm, like I could yeah. easily ship it and people helped me and stuff. Mm-hmm. And back to my mum, she yeah. would show She helped me ship things when I was gone. What's and your mum's name? Rosemary. Hi, Rosemary. Rosemary. Yeah. <laughs> Thank she you for like all of your hard work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're the behind the scenes yeah. girl in this. <laughs> yeah. So, and she kind of like helped me do that. And then like, so then like, you know, why not try it and stuff? I always wanted to like, if I could have stuck at university, I would have moved in the third year to study mm. uh, study abroad. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, so yeah, so it was kind of totally on my cards. I wanted to tr- see a new culture and you know try somewhere else. And then I kind of got that opportunity with meeting Tinder. And then I was like, no, I just need to totally move out here and stuff. But like, so when did you end up making the uh, move? What year? So we met in twenty. 16, and then I made the move in 2018. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 2017, and then I made the move in, or basically the last couple of weeks of May 2018. So when you landed in Iceland, mm-hmm. did you have any plan for what you were going to be doing, or did were you just were you just yeah, in, yeah. Love yeah. And in love? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So basically. <laughs> like Tina's head is really screwed on of like finances and job and you need to like do this so basically okay, I already so she had, wasn't gonna yeah. let you no, just no, no, float no, no. around she, <laughs> like, she wasn't probably gonna let me even come here if I didn't have a job like, <laughs> you need to like yeah. get your together necklace <laughs> and like roll with this and then so we got a job for working with Iceland there and their hotels okay. in Miva uh-huh. and that was a total reality shock to me because like North. was it the two of you went together yeah we both went yeah. together and stuff and thankfully like we were working on the same shift so she was working in the restaurant I worked in the kitchen and but like that was a, that, that hit me hard because I technically didn't even really spend much time here in Reykjavik when I came here it was like I came here pretty much got my canatella and then off we went okay. up north and that was really hard of like because, like, I don't know if you know Maven or people, like, uh, there's nothing really there. <laughs> it's no. like one... Oh, my gosh. the middle of the countryside. Yeah. Yeah. Some beautiful baths in that yeah, cottage. Yeah, <laughs> There's, like, a garage, like, or a, a gas station store and stuff. And Fun. That's that is it. it. And the hotel that we were working <laughs> yeah. in. That is it. Yeah. Um, and then, like, you have Akrari, which is, like, 50 minutes away as well. So it's, like, not close. <laughs> but, like... But so that really hit me and stuff, and I was really struggling because coming from a bigger city, mm-hmm. and I've never had that experience before. Because even when I was coming over here, I still wouldn't give it, which yeah. to me is like a small town, but yeah. like the mi- yeah, it still is diff- something. It's very different to be like alone in the countryside, totally. especially you only had Tinna at that point, right? Exactly. Yeah, it was just us two, and like. So what did you feel? Did did you feel like oppressed by like how few people there were, how little there was going on, or like what did you feel like? What was the feeling? I think I kind of like, I felt really homesick. Okay. Even like felt homesick for like Reykjavik in a way because it's like, at least I was used to it and all that kind of scenery and whatnot. And like, and the people there were like, in the end, I met a lot of good friends and stuff, but it was really hard to like mix with people and stuff. And like, the Icelandic people kind of kept to themselves. And then there was a couple of foreigners, but then I kind of like, didn't really feel like I fitted in there and stuff. And it was just really hard to like, settle and thankfully in my head it was like oh so only like the summer and stuff and I was like oh but can we just like leave earlier because I just couldn't handle it I just felt super homesick and yeah. super 
yes, sad and all that kind of whatnot. Mm-hmm. I was just totally out of my depth mm-hmm. in the really at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But then I kind of was like, you know, Nicholas, like, you've made this move. You kind of just need to just stick out and keep going back to the whole resilience thing again. Yeah. Of like, you know, you yeah. just need to make it work. If you hate it at the end of it, at least you've tried it's it. Fine, yeah. but Do you mean so? kind of just stuck it out and then by the end I made some really great friends and like it was a total learning curve for me here yeah. so like so were you there for how long we were there from the summer so like okay. I think from June to August okay. or something mm-hmm. like that. so that was like that was something else to say yeah. the same yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I even feel like even if I go out into the countryside for a week I'm always just mm-hmm. so happy to come back to yeah. like just something about the life and yeah. I mean I can imagine it's different if you have family and friends yeah, there totally, but if you don't yeah. have anyone it's really it's difficult it's a total different like yeah. ball game altogether it's just like because obviously like in Scotland as well we do have small towns but the small towns are like still it's like all, maybe like 15,000 yeah, exactly. people and all yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff exactly it's Reykjavik no yeah, no yeah, it's yeah, just it's kidding it's Grovo so, no, right. <laughs> exactly yeah. so yeah that was just something on itself so I'm, I was glad to come back to Reykjavik mm-hmm. I really want to get into Nokranar because I think oh. this is, um, I mean, I've heard that heard a lot of really great things about Nagrunov, and <laughs> I saw, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I see it all over the place, and I hear people talking about it, and you know, I've seen it's getting a lot of attention yeah. in Reykjavik, and for good reason. So, like, maybe yeah. if we could just yeah. dive in there and like hear about, you know, how like the idea mm. was formed. So basically, idea was formed. Because I lost my job because <laughs> of COVID. Resilience yeah, once again. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. again, again. So everybody basically, on like the Friday night or something like that, everyone got letters through their door, but like, hey, you're all getting let go because like... Where were you working? I was working at Iceware. So like okay. I was working on like their Lugavirger store. Yeah. And of course that was hit like... Big time. Drastically. Because yeah. basically yeah. the store there is all just tourists. That's like mainly everyone who like comes through that store of course there's Icelandic people but it's majority of tourists mm-hmm. and then you'd be spinning a shift and you'd like see two people come into the store and you'd be like okay this is not good mm-hmm. but in your head you're like ah, it's going to be fine all this government financial packages yeah, yeah. everything will be saved yeah. like everybody will quarantine for like a month yeah. and, then, and it'll be yeah. over by Easter it's yeah, exactly it's going to be fine <laughs> yeah. but then that didn't quite work out and then by like I don't know, April May time they were like hey like we're totally restructuring all the staff that we have have to go and like I was the lucky one who got the letter through I was like well you know I guess it could always be worse (laughs) I guess so then I just totally took that opportunity to like do something for myself because I was like I wanted to work for myself again and I had all this experience that I learned the first time and I wanted to do something but like I didn't know what to do Mm -hmm. and it was that point I was like, right, I kind of need to get my thinking cap on and like do something and whatnot. And then COVID came and then like all these restaurants were suffering because they didn't have home delivery, especially here in Iceland. Like you do have like a brand that does it. But other than that, it's like your odd restaurant have their own cars mm-hmm. to, to deliver. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, that makes sense. But like even when I was coming here to Iceland back and forth, it was like, and I was like, oh, let's just go pick up the food. And it's like, why would you go pick up the food? Yeah. Like, just get it <laughs> delivered. But like, because to me in the UK, it's such a simple thing. If you like live five minutes around the corner. You still get it like delivered. Twin, it's delivered. You just get it yeah. delivered. Yeah. Like it's affordable and yeah. that's what you do. So then I was like, this is such a total opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of like between May and like June, I was like thinking back and forth of like, how could I make this work? I'm not the technical end of this really, but I have some knowledge back and forth. And I was 
going on like Facebook groups here in Iceland of like trying to find someone to found it with you yeah to find it with me because I just thought like I need that experience from someone else who's maybe done it or they're just totally on the same boat as me as ambitious and like why not Mm -hmm. and then I think it was one of the entrepreneur like away from home entrepreneurs in Iceland group or whatever it was called Mm -hmm. and then I came across this Australian guy called Andrew who was like hey yeah like let's sit down and chat so we spent Did you just like reach reach out to him? Well, well I just posted like, hey, yeah. like I'm working on this product. So like yeah. it's going to be in this kind of sector. Didn't really give much away, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And then a couple of people responded in the comments, but I was like, you're no good, you're no good, you're yeah. no good. And then Andrew was like, yeah. hey, yeah, like let's sit down and chat. I have like some similar ideas and like I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. And then we spoke and then like after that it was just, it took off it just took off and like we just ran with it and he kind of had a similar operation in australia going at that point in time and we kind of like just focused and brought our own kind of like thoughts to the table of like this is what's wrong this is what's wrong this is how we can improve it this is how we can improve it mm-hmm. and between august and like february even till like april of the following year we were still working on like the whole beta version of this thing it was like this was not working, that was not working, mm-hmm. like, shit, like... Everything like, doesn't work yeah. for, like, the longest time when mm-hmm. you're starting these things, isn't it? What did you find the biggest hurdle to be? I also feel like the biggest hurdle as well, like, I don't know, personally, this is my own perspective, yeah. but, like, when you're not Icelandic, it's yeah. really hard. Like, I don't know, I can't speak, maybe if, you know, if you're from Portugal and you go to move to Scotland, maybe you might have a similar yeah. perspective, but for me here, when you're not Icelandic, it's really hard to knock doors open or open a door and it's Mm -hmm. just constant rejection or people don't want to entertain you or all these kind of things and you're like how can I get forward Mm. and stuff do you think it's that people don't take you seriously or what is it that is the the obstacle do you think I genuinely wish I could answer that clearly but I don't even to this day I still really don't know exactly what really it is mm. that stops foreign people getting that edge i guess like you know i don't fully know the market and stuff but there isn't really here in iceland a real core strong folk of foreigners who've really like made it or like they are like you know they're in like the paper and you see them on the tv and like you just oh they're blah 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 from mm-hmm. whatnot it's just mm-hmm. you don't see that no, no there's a very small selection of people mm-hmm. that you yeah. recognize as like yeah, exactly i think you're 100 yeah, yeah. right there. and I don't exactly know what it is like or why foreign entrepreneurs or foreign people can't quite knock those doors or open those doors. But then like eventually, I guess, if you use like, resilience again, yeah. if you just keep knocking on the doors and keep knocking mm-hmm. on the doors, they'll eventually one of them will open. And like at the start, I was hugely fortunate for a couple of very influential people within the sector to just give me that chance oh. and stuff. And they just were like, yeah, like, okay, like, let's see what you've got. Like, let's just try it. Like, worst case scenario, we're just going to get rid of you. And that is that <laughs> kind of thing. And so far, they've never left us and whatnot. So it's like, I'm Are, huge thankful to... Were you going to all the different restaurants? I was going to different restaurants and stuff. And Andrew was also in that period of the time, like, really thinking of, like, how can I use the software I have to benefit restaurants? And he kind of had the same option of some restaurants were super interested, some were not even bothering and stuff even this interesting very like, strange like what, what was the like i don't understand 
Why would you say no? In the middle of COVID, someone's saying, I'm going to deliver your food to your clients. Like some people are like, oh, we're just not ready. And I was like, you're in a pandemic and you're pretty much going to potentially close if you don't have another form of revenue stream. And here, I'm bringing you the car. Like I'm doing it. Uh And it's like, we have this operation. We have the cars. We have the app. We can ship it from A to B. Mm -hmm. Happy days. Mm -hmm. And some people are like, no. And very, very, are they worried that they can weird. make the enough food? No, I, I don't like, even think it was. I don't. I don't. I would love to go into like detail of like what it was, but like some people are like just super blunt, like the whole sometimes Icelandic way of just really like to the point, <laughs> and that is it, and you can't break them down. Yeah. And that's really hard from a Glaswegian point of view when you want to break someone down and really understand. But like, no, we're just not interested, and be like oh. Like you know, like why? You know, why? I like, said, why? Why? Tell me, please. <laughs> talk to me. I know, talk to me. Give me the information. Yeah. I'm like, no, sorry, it's just not going to happen. It's like, okay, wow, okay. And then we just kind of kept going, and then we gathered the restaurants that were interested and stuff, and just used them as like a a trampoline to jump onto the next kind of like location we had to go to, and we just forgot the rest behind us and we're like, you know what, they've missed out on this opportunity. They'll come back. They'll come back. They'll come back mm-hmm. and then... I bet they have. Yeah. <laughs> or like the ones who like, we're still like, you know, we're interested, but maybe we don't want to work with them quite yet. They're still interested in us, but it's yeah. like, hey, we, we want to focus on the ones who trusted us at the start. We want to make sure, sure it's like, our service is perfect for them. Mm-hmm. Then if, you know, if we have space, mm-hmm. you can jump I mean, aboard. I think that's like spot on because like at the end of the day, you're not asking other people for a no. favor. You're saying, we, we can do a favor for you if you want. Totally, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so it's, and like, it's like, and then even, I don't even know if maybe we positioned it wrong at the start, but like, even our thoughts now are still like, this is not a product for COVID. This is a product for the future. Forever, yeah. Like, to me, going back to the UK, this is just how it is. Mm-hmm. Same within many countries around the world. It's like food delivery is just the future yeah. and stuff. And it's just an extra revenue for you that you have this nice little pile mm-hmm. that you can always rely on it. And that's just pretty much how we've always phrased it of like, hey, this COVID will fade away eventually, hopefully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like, yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> but like, this is a product for you to go into another market and seek other avenues. Because mm-hmm. for example, like as a tourist, unless you walk down Lugavir, you're never going to s- go to a restaurant. And there's so many restaurants you'll probably miss out on. Mm-hmm if you don't like see them by walking and like we've really targeted tourists as well Mm -hmm. to use our product because they're familiar with the product Mm -hmm. and then like even someone's like we've had like customers order from cruise ships i don't understand like we've asked them like oh well like the person who was we met like downtown told us about this app and stuff and we could get and then our like driver gets there and it's like where is this customer (laughs) like and we're like running around and stuff like yeah exactly like where is this person like I can't find them. And they're like, well, we don't know where they are either. Like, we're trying to, like, source through all the records of, like, trying to get in touch with this customer. They're on a cruise ship. And they're on a cruise ship, yeah. the cruise ship was, like, in, like... On dock, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That's wild. uh So I was like, we're onto something here. But, like, and I think it's just for that, it's, like, to us, it's just second nature of, like, we need this product Mm. here in Iceland. I mean, definitely. I mean, it's, like... Yes, it's great going out to eat and stuff, but sometimes you just want to be inside and, like, as of, like, generally, like, two hours ago yeah, exactly. like the weather is just yeah. horrible yeah. This is, you, yeah. you just want something like that can like substitute you going out into mm-hmm. that bad weather so like that's all we've just basically done yeah. so I'm curious like it's I think it's really clear and obvious that this will make people's lives easier it's a huge okay. convenient thing and I think those are the kinds of products that 
do so well because mm-hmm. everyone wants their lives to be easier. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's like what we basically just restructured our marketing on that was just total convenience of like you know this makes your life is easier mm-hmm. from start it's like you just it's instant you don't have to think what you want at eight o'clock tonight you just go on and then you see it's a 30 to 40 minute wait it might be a 25 minute wait mm-hmm. and then that's it you just yeah. order and it arrives super quickly exactly and the point is it's really affordable yeah and i think the point from my perspective as well is like not being in a position of like, oh, I'll just pay this huge sum of cash for this service to be delivered and stuff where I'm like, I'm like oh, I just want like one kind of meal that's for myself, that's an affordable price that I can pay for. Mm. And we just understood the economics of that, of how to make it work. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, if you're studying or you're just, say, for example, yourself, you're just ordering tonight, mm-hmm. you don't want to order like three, four, five thousand kronas worth no, no, to no, just no. get you it delivered. You want a small dinner. Yeah. You mean you want a small dinner for yourself and that's it. Mm-hmm. And of course our platform, you know, runs on like volume and stuff, but like you can easily achieve it economically. Mm. Can you tell us um, how it like how it's structured? Like, how are you hiring drivers and like how is that working? So basically, you? we just like, and that's thing. That's another thing. Is like it's been a real struggle to find drivers because like I think with the way the Icelandic economy structures and stuff, it just really doesn't. It's like it's not quite targeted at that kind of like sector. It's just not really built up, and that's thing. That's something that we're trying to really scale and build up in that kind of. You kind of starting to see more transportation companies start up because they're finding those gaps in the market. So when we hire a driver, like we just put them through a phase, they use our cars, and then like that kind of thing of like we just you know if they're the right fit, they go. And I think a lot of we've succeeded because we found drivers who are Icelandic or foreigners. But they've used similar services before. Mm-hmm. They understand yeah. the concept. So they've been to America and they've maybe used Uber Eats mm-hmm. and they've went, or they've you know been in Europe and they've used a similar brand mm-hmm. and are like, oh, I totally know how this service works. Mm-hmm. And they buy into the idea and they buy into like us as well of like a company and we're just all about, you know, Nagranar, which means neighbours and stuff. And we just want to look after everybody mm-hmm. and like, you know, build their neighbourhood better and stuff. So they've totally bought into the idea of like just building a service that's not really here or it is here but like not on the same scale mm-hmm. and just like supporting our community that way affordably mm-hmm. and through like and uh we met a few months ago and we were talking about i don't know if you had like necessarily put your face to the brand yet no i didn't you hadn't no, at no. that time and i noticed now you have <laughs> yeah kind and, of yeah and <laughs> like i remember us talking about it before and yeah, i didn't want to do that but i had to yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah and I'm, i think it's great that you have yeah, yeah. i think it definitely adds to the brand for sure yeah, yeah. and you but i remember you were a little bit cautious about that at the time mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about your thought process yeah. like around that and kind I'm of still what really like cautious and i think that's why like there has only been a couple of articles about us and with our face on the front of it and stuff. And, like, I guess it will help, but, like, I think I've always just been, like, I don't know, it's really hard. I think each foreigner coming to Iceland has their own perspective. And I think relatively all around it is good experience that people have, but some people do have negative experiences. And I guess that was, like, myself, like, if I was, like, so after we left uh, the summer job, I got a job in the airport and 
and again lost my job because of Huawei went bust <laughs> I know so this is like a, a you know a <laughs> continuously circle yeah. with me They're like always testing your resilience it's like, so yeah, it's always yeah, like, yeah. Really? So like we've hashtag. heard that Nicholas has yeah. been resilient yeah. Let's, yeah. Just, let's just double check this yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah exactly this is just all about my life to prove yeah. that this exists you know what I mean just the base case yeah. of resilience yeah. but like so yeah so I had a couple of customers come in and then I was like they wanted like they wanted something in the store and I was like like I had my Icelandic was super small and stuff and I told them like you know my Icelandic is really small and like I can't really communicate like do you speak English and stuff in Icelandic and they kind of just put the food down on the counter and just walked away no way yeah and I was like holy shit like that's really like I felt like because I'm I'm not a person who's like always like filled with self-confidence like whatever and stuff I can like sometimes take things to heart and that really knocked me for mm -hmm. sexes like I was like oh my god that that's just says something and then like after that maybe I was just in that negative phase for a period but I seen things happen again and again and I'm or just treated in a certain way and I was like I just cannot put up with this mm -hmm. and then it just kind of from there and then when I went to ice where I had some similar treatment but again you know, this is like a small scale of, yeah, you know, what know, some foreigners go through. It, 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 it totally it goes, yeah. yeah, it gets you. It hits you deep as yeah. well, do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't, like, and it sticks for you for a while. And I guess it's up to you to, like, you know, not think about it too much and keep pushing forward and see the positives. But some for some people, and for me in that moment in time, it totally hits you and stuff. And then you're working, like, 12-hour days. You want to learn Icelandic, but then mm. it's like, where do you find the time to, like, have an intensive course yeah. do you mean like and the money and the money aspect yeah. because like you only get one course a year I think from, from your, the, your union yeah. so that only lasts a period of time so you want to move on to the next stage but then you're paying a lot of money to go into that next course mm -hmm. and some people don't have that money or aren't mm -hmm. fortunate enough to like just keep going yeah. so like I think the time factor just totally knocked me and then having those negative experiences at the start totally just knocked me and I was like look I'm not really up for like learning Icelandic at the moment and whatnot yeah. and it just totally impacted me and then I think that stayed with me to now of like like do you think like it's generalizing like yeah. all foreigners are mm -hmm. the same it's like it's, you didn't want to be you know seen you want to see be seen for yourself and not yeah, be exactly. just generalized as like yeah. a foreigner uh -huh. and I think sometimes it's like some in some sectors it's like well only Icelandic people can really do it and foreigners will they'll just you know they'll just have the service factor or service job or whatever that kind of thing mm. and then I was like okay well clearly if this is a trend that's happening how am I going to be perceived as a person who wants to become a dominant within this sector that's already established doesn't speak Icelandic great I cannot totally understand Icelandic really well because like at home that's what's just spoken is Icelandic and between my girlfriend and her parents mm -hmm. and that's been a huge like boost for me to hearing it and whatnot and I'm and like I'm very lucky to have a very safe and loving environment mm. with them and they've been very supportive of me and like try to help me learn Icelandic but then I think with going on to that fact of like being a foreigner face of a brand yeah. was just total like imposter syndrome insecurity of like I'm just going to get totally 
like taken down here of like this foreigner or people find holes or like ways to like bring you down and stuff like it's going to be low-hanging fruit for people yeah. that they'll like grab onto that yeah, and use exactly. it as a thing to i'm not saying it will but like no, that's just that the, the mentality yeah. you had some experiences too yeah, that like to back that, to back up, that up it's like that was oh, your, you what know. you lived yeah exactly and you had so there's like it's very valid to mm. feel that way but i mean i think that the you know when people in iceland talk about you know the the fruits that come with diversity like i think this is exactly like an example of that you know you came to iceland you saw this gap missing that you are you know mm-hmm. so well because you've lived yeah, yeah. in glasgow and you've had the service mm-hmm. and then saw that you know this could be really good in iceland could really help people i feel like this is the kind of you know this is the beauty yeah, yeah, yeah. the color that people yeah. from other places can bring to Iceland mm. like cuz if you're living in Iceland your whole life you don't really know that you need something until yeah it someone maybe, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and you need different people to come yeah, and you bring know, this totally. and i think that's the thing of like there's so many things that could be adapted or innovated within Iceland that are already just in other countries that Iceland don't have and Iceland is such a progressive and innovative country but certain things like this mm-hmm. of affordable food delivery they lack it mm. yeah. and it's just like it doesn't have to be certain ways for certain things yeah. Yeah. as we've clearly seen and I think us just bringing a foreign mindset to the table has just totally opened up mm-hmm. a different realm of where we can go with this whereas instead of like being in an Icelandic company just with Icelandic people and having that mindset unless one of their team has lived abroad or understood things Mm. you're not going to see it the same way I do no Mm -hmm. because like when you're living in Glasgow for example you understand how Uber or how Deliveroo and all these companies work Mm -hmm. so you can like start to mold the changes that they make and just adapt things to like oh this is how this works abroad oh it's not going to work in iceland but you can use this this Mm -hmm. this this Mm -hmm. to change it Mm -hmm. and then sometimes as well like we spotted so many changes and so many positives that the regulations and things in iceland that other 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 countries should use Mm -hmm. and stuff because like for example the way like uber treats their staff is just appalling and stuff whereas iceland have really good regulatory you can't treat your employees like this you can't treat contractors like this you have to have certain things Mm -hmm. so i think it's like it has to have that good mix of both Mm -hmm. and i think with like putting my face to the brand was just about total insecurity of like what are people going to think when it's a foreigner because in me or maybe you know there totally is but you don't go and see iceland there for example and there's like a foreign ceo of the company Mm -hmm. icelandic and it's kind of the chain of like all these other brands they're all Icelandic owned or whatnot, and like there is obviously the occasional few. But can I just say it's like just I think it's like so amazing that you have put your face to it and that you're like proudly announcing that this is like your baby because like what we were talking about before, like we don't have very many like foreign people who are like going forward and like doing like visibly like visible things, like Mm. you know like you are so it's like really nice for the rest of us you know to yeah. like see what is possible yeah. you know and that you can do it without the language you can do it being new here you can you know you can do it yeah um you're an inspiration you are oh, an inspiration you. i think that's the kind of point of like with our conversation we had yeah like that kind of really like planted a seed in me of like 
you know, maybe it is the right thing to do to put the face to it, regardless of what happens to me or not. Mm, it's for like, the rest of for us. the rest of yeah. people can be like, oh, well, you know, if he can do it and try and maybe he fails, maybe he succeeds, mm. you know, he still tried that maybe I can try. I have similar experiences or other skills in this area. Mm. You know, I'm totally going to give it a shot mm -hmm. instead of just sitting back and just being like, okay, well, let's just mm -hmm. have the Icelanders take over. Yeah. And of course, it's their country and like, we're very thankful to be here. But like, you know, mm -hmm. what will make Iceland? Yeah, exactly it's totally ours yeah. and what makes Iceland or what can make Iceland beautiful and amazing is having all these cultures and this experience from all over the world come together mm -hmm. and help each other out and help each other adapt and evolve yeah. in it's a okay. way so I do hope that other people do start their own brands or their own companies or their own mm -hmm. I don't know yeah. visions or whatever mm. and they just go out and do it instead of just sitting on the sideline I guess yes. <laughs> personally like maybe I'm biased but just knowing that Naugranar is like founded by foreigners, I'm like, I want to be, yeah. <laughs> like, I want to use that. Get my yeah. so, maybe <laughs> exactly. so maybe there's like a lot of people like that also. And I mean, also, it's just, I don't know, like, I think your story is also interesting, you know, Thank hearing you. everything from like what you've dealt with as a, as a kid with dyslexia and like with your mom and like everything going through life. It's just, you, you know, things have not been put on a silver platter to you no, and like you've had to work for it and you are like working for it. And so I think that's super just admirable and I have goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That means a lot. Yeah. And yeah, so. And so maybe just sort of last question, what are your plans for the future? Whether, you know, for Naugranar or for yourself, do you see yourself staying here? What's, what's your plan if you have one? I think for Naugranar, like, we're just in a startup stage, so we just want to survive, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I think we're we're in a really good trajectory to like to expand and scale, especially in Iceland and stuff. We want to move into further domestic markets, especially up north and whatnot. And we have plans to move abroad to Scandinavia in the next year. Mm -hmm. So that would be quite cool and stuff. But like for Iceland, I I would like to go back and work in Glasgow or Edinburgh, for example, for a period of time. But I think at the end of the day. I think I'll always want to live in Iceland. There's just something here that just totally draws me back. Even though, like, when it's, like, summer or, like, winter, like, now I just, like, I just want to go to New York or something like that <laughs> or travel and whatnot. Yeah. It's, but at the end of the day, it's, like, oh, I just want to be back in Iceland. It's just something just so magical about Iceland that I just can't quite leave it. There's no think. place like home. No, exactly. No. <laughs> There's no place like home. Yeah. <laughs> it was so nice to speak with you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yes. thank you I've for got coming. to say as well, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. As well, like as soon as like one of you put it in like one of the Facebook groups here, I just totally like binge the series and stuff. So <laughs> huge fans, and I think like especially with you guys, like I think it was like I think I listened to one of your podcasts with Jules, I think, or yeah. something. She yeah. said like yeah. you just bring so much value, and I think like that's just so true and stuff that you just need to like just keep going as well and stuff and what in your story and just kind of keep going for it and thank you yeah i just oh, that's really that. sweet yeah. no, it's not true though, i remember when like, you reached out to us i was like does he have the right girls <laughs> is, this, is this we clutch and we're like do they, they, yeah, do they know do, is there another <laughs> so like uh, i think we've got a mistake yeah, exactly. here. Not yeah. no worries right if ones. it was a mistake <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> oh that's so yeah. funny no okay yes. well.